Hello, welcome to episode 11 of We Don't Talk About the Weather. Um, political discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, I'm here with Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week. And uh, last week. Yeah, and last week, because uh, I was out, I was, uh, I had polonium put in my tea by Putin. Yep. Um, I'm now a firm believer in every uh, Russia conspiracy theory. They interfered with my colon. Hacking <laughs> <laughs> it. I am choosing to ascribe this to both the subtlety and the inherent brutality of the Russian character. <laughs> or it was, was it discount frozen chicken bits? It wasn't discount frozen chicken bits. It was full-priced chicken bits. Mm. It's Bernard Matthews. Mm. We can't trust Bernard. I remember you used to shop at that market with the frozen bags of shark meat. Oh, that was great. When I lived in Birmingham, there was um, a frozen food market where you could buy all of the um, frozen... Uh, the, just the cuts. frozen <laughs> wholesale bags of stuff. You could buy McDonald's chips in there. Yeah. Frozen. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It yeah. was. That, are you, you saying just spent the last week shitting water and not taking food advice from <laughs> yeah. you? Well, it's either your Look, fault. I'm not or saying no to a bag of shark fins for a pound. <laughs> God no. I don't care who you are. <laughs> You're a crafty consumer. Like all millennials. <laughs> Smart, young, hip to everything. You check the reviews, you know what you're after. You're after discount shark fins. <laughs> And discarded McDonald's chips. You've heard of at arm's length food supply. I'm very much an at arm's length food consumer. <laughs> but yeah, so you've been out. Yeah, dying I've been out and dying. being reprogrammed. Yeah, I've been reprogrammed now. So uh, yeah, Mench was right. Hmm? Yeah, Putin hacking me. Yep, and so on. That's it's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so getting right into it this week, um, we are going to cover the general election, obviously, but we'll start with the local elections last week. Which were as boring as you'd imagine. No one turned up. Yeah, turnout somewhere around the 25 to 30% mark, including a couple of mayoral, new mayoral um, elections. Uh, Andy Burnham elected in Manchester, a Tory uh, elected in the West Midlands, which I would feel worse about being having spent quite a lot of time in the West Midlands living and things like that. Um, but they apparently they spent a shitload of money on yeah, it, like hundreds like, of thousands of pounds yeah, on getting it's like him elected. Significantly more than anyone else. Yeah, and the Labour candidate was constantly bitching about Corbyn. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, vote for me, but not for me. <laughs> um, the high point of the uh, the whole day came in seeing a candidate in I can't remember where it was. Um, at Norwich or uh, somewhere like that, um, one of the council seats had such a close runoff that they ended up deciding who won with a drawing of straws. That sounds like Norwich. Um, that sounds Norwich all somebody, over. Yeah, somebody broke out an acoustic guitar, started singing, singing songs of freedom and how much they... <laughs> the real heritage of democracy there. Yeah, the uh, mother of democracies. Mother of democracies. Mother of parliaments. <laughs> drawing lots. Yeah, the ancient right of uh, choosing your own elected... Well, I say choosing. <laughs> selecting your own elected... Well, I say selecting. Allowing Lady Luck to select your appointed leaders. It was to be great. fair, a lot of the time I think you're probably just as well doing that with local council elections. Because yeah. which kind of state-sponsored property developer would you like? Yeah. Would you like a blue one? Would you like a red one? Would you like a purple one that really, really, really wishes Christmas could be called Christmas? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, local elections are weird. It's weird because they're the kind of, they're the grassroots, as I mm. mentioned before. One of the one of the kind of goals in some kind of new 
electoral movement or any kind of social movement would be getting these fucking councillors out because mm. they're all fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, local ones in Wandsworth and Lambeth and Southwark are literally just different coloured property developers. Yeah. And <clears throat> and it wouldn't be that hard to get. Yeah. If you don't had a concerted effort and had managed to get young people to vote yeah. for it. If you could do it ward by ward. Yeah. It it would it would actually take that kind of grassroots movement. That's what mm. that's what that means. <laughs> um, but then you know they'd all get deselected when they refuse to enact whatever cuts they're being given, and then they'll be all got rid of. Like what happened in these? Well, the interesting thing is they can't get rid of them all. I mean, uh, I suppose no. there was a, an element of the ousting of the GLC in mm. London in the eighties of that resurgent Tory press and a kind of all of the, all of the stuff that went along with the rise of Thatcher kind of contributing to be able to isolate that council. Yeah. I suppose it would have been easier then. But I don't know if it's Droitwich. Yeah. If it's Leamington, you know, somewhere like that maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Labour didn't do great. They didn't yeah. do as badly as people uh, made out. Labour did nowhere near as badly as they made out. They lost a lot of seats, but they um didn't lose I don't think they lost as much share. Certainly not to um, the Tories. No. Directly to the Tories. It was UKIP did. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> UKIP. The best. It was it was so good. I mean, the only thing that would have made it sweeter I mean it was good seeing kind of the faces drop because part of what always winds winds you up, winds any right thinking person up hmm. about UKIP is their smugness, is their oh, like God. is the is like the, the arrogance. Like yeah. I think there can be left wing if you're talking about kind of on the fringes of, of the centre, hmm. there can be a kind of thing of fringes having pretending they have all the answers. And I think there are probably a few on the left that are like that. Hmm. But the right is so much worse having also not anything to base that on just no. rank prejudice and gut feeling was that thing as well with their faces nothing like, nothing more than any any of us have got I was looking today at a bunch of young Tories and there is they look like they're made of wax yeah, yeah. they're always kind of rounded they're very smooth faces mm. and the difference between them and UKIP is it looks like a hairdryer was turned on the UKIP ones <laughs> And it was nice to see that it seems that, in general, UKIP aren't all traditional Labour voters. Yeah, because everybody said that, well, anybody who had those kind of analytical skills or tools said that at the time. And mm. that was the thing that kind of made it bittersweet, is that there'll be no mayor culpa, there'll be no backtracking, there'll mm. be no examination of the narratives that the media span no. around the rise of UKIP, which was only, what, I mean, 2015 was supposed to be their breakout year. <laughs> where they did no. the best. And they're back down to like 2011-2013 yeah. levels where they they talk a big game but don't have anything and they're on the they're on the obvious downslope and most of the Tory gains came from the UKIP voters Cause, going cause back. Theresa May is the most UKIP well, they've they had won. for a long time. They won. They're absorbing the yeah. hard they're absorbing well, she, the hard she right. She is hard right. Yeah, she's, she's hard right. She's not a centrist. She's not even slightly. She is no. so close to like Marine Le Pen or something like that. Yeah. Except she just doesn't have a pedigree of racism. Yeah, she doesn't have that same kind of stink because the Conservatives mm. always had that kind of establishment stink, that establishment smell about them. Mm. So they, it was nice to see that they get treated like it. Um, there was like um, with Wales that they didn't just go all out for the Tories. They didn't go out for UKIP. Mm. A lot of independence, mm. which is what, which is better, because I think they're just. I think there's a good chance that the idea of independence might become more of a thing if Tories get in 
of the general. I think if things get as bad as um, people are suggesting, if, yeah. if Brexit really is going to be as catastrophic on people's living standards as is predicted, mm. I think any any shift in those kind of living standards, another recession, mm. another big, big recession would do it. And it just happened to come in this form. It's a kind of self-inflicted wound. Yeah. Um, Something else happened yeah. in the local. The Scotland was, you know, they're, they're Tories in Glasgow. Yeah, Tories in Glasgow. Amazing. Yeah. In a ward, one uh, Tory councillor was elected in a ward that uh, in 2008 had a life expectancy similar to that of Somalia. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, it, it kind of makes sense because the they... The capital is jewel of Africa. <laughs> In many ways, Glasgow is like Somalia. I've been there once and it felt very much like I imagined Somalia to be. <laughs> it's colder. Bathing in the liberty of a mm. truly anarchic state. Well, actually, the hotel I was in had free booze. It had all-you-could-drink booze. It had the... Um, it had whiskey, gin and vodka um, decanters in the room. Fancy. Was not. <laughs> it was not. It was. All three tasted like paint thinner. And if you finished it, if you finished one of the decanters, you could have phone up and then just bring up another full decanter. <laughs> it was horrific. It was so much booze. Me and Holly was so drunk the entire time we were there. But yeah, so you've, yeah, fucking, local the, Labour didn't lose as much as everyone thought they would. Yeah, I mean they've yes, lost considering you know they've rate, had that. Jeremy, their, their general approval ratings of Labour are getting better. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. know why. Because they're const- maybe people are turning on the fact that the media is just constantly ranting about them. I think at some point that kind of stuff has to break. I mean, I don't know when it does because I, I really have no idea about how heavy that me- that kind of media saturation is. And it's if it's not just the main striking points of like, oh, he loves terrorists. Mm. He's going to disestablish the army. Well, you've heard people like people we know who literally have parroted word for word stuff that's been on the news. Hmm. Or in the papers, and it's bizarre. I listened to it again yesterday. There was a, I was a, having a conversation um, with somebody, and they were trying. I was trying to kind of be as, oh, you know, trying to be pro Corbyn in a really like anti Corbyn conversation. Unsurprisingly, okay. um, it's where we tend they to were, be most pro Corbyn. They were, yeah, and they were very much like. Um, Oh yeah, but it's forty-eight percent of the country, and if they just appealed to it, and it's like, no, it was forty-eight percent of the country when the results were announced. Yeah, it's now split back into whoever they were beforehand. Yeah, I don't think Brexit is just as big a. It's not a determining factor. I mean, the the. No, I don't think. It, I think the people who are that wed to the notion of neoliberal trading block mm. and ease of holidays, mm. I don't think that group is as. Because yeah. they think, hmm. I think an awful lot of people who voted to stay in the EU did it because they didn't want the hassle of leaving the EU. Yeah, they assume it's a determining factor hmm. over and above class circumstances, people's lived experiences. Yeah, and I just don't think it's true. No, I don't think it's true at all. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's just it's a weird yeah. one. I I don't I don't really know anyone who's willing to. I don't, who would you vote for if you the Greens say they want another referendum? Um, what's his name? Nick Clegg was on the radio saying that, he'd, that they'd have that, but that isn't what the, that isn't what the Lib Dems are saying they want, really. Because no, he's not on the inside anymore. No. Well, I mean, not the Lib Dems. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's a weird one with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was Sonny Hundle talking um, today. <laughs> 
That growling you hear is the patented volcano <laughs> hue. About. Fucking hate that man so Storm much. Stormfront hue coming in. I've hated that man since he had a blog. <laughs> Responsible for your first Twitter banning. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did he actually report you? Yes, he did, like a fucking pussy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he had an article uh, today, I think, uh, or yesterday, um, talking about how, in the context of the French election, the left um, must stop talking about um, economic factors hmm. and have to start talking about identity because that's what people want. They want to talk about their identities, and it's like that's how Hillary won the election. Yeah, it's how Hillary won the election. That's how um, David Miliband won it as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, he talked about you know people's unique identities and how that's more important than you know putting bread on the table. Yeah, it's it's fucking insane. He was rightly pilloried. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, all the time, all the time, hmm. just chased around with sticks any time <laughs> he steps outside of wherever he lives. But yeah, so yeah, so the general election, general election this two weeks, this fortnight. It's we've had we've had policies coming from the Labour Party. Yeah, that at first glance would seem really good. But then the papers tell me how bad they are. But slight as well. The slightest. So this this week's free school lunches was free hospital parking. <laughs> if you work there or if you're dying or if you're going to see someone who's ill. You would think a fairly, ah, oh, parking, great. Yeah. I. It's like drain management. Well, you don't, you know, it's like, you don't have a car. You haven't really had to I, deal with I the parking. I've never had to deal yeah, with um, parking, so. Well, personally. when Holly had her breast cancer scare. Yeah. Um, the parking was so expensive and we were so broke that we had to walk to the hospital. <laughs> um, yeah. Luckily, the hospital's nearby. But, like, if I was if I was still living in Medway, yeah. that would have been a big old walk oh, yeah, yeah. to go there for getting results and all that kind of breast cancer terrifyingness. Mm. So, yeah. So, no, no, parking is disgusting. Patent parking fees for fucking hospitals is revolting. But, and the, but also, the tiniest measure you could think of. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, a little thing. A little yeah. thing to ease your... Yeah. And the, the stuff that came out in opposition to this, it's like, congratulations, you've ensured that the, all the car parks in all hospitals will be full and your gran will fall over when <laughs> yeah. she's walking to, into the hospital car park. She'll fall over and she'll die. Yeah. The... um. There was someone saying that don't tell me that someone who has who ha- could afford a car can't afford the parking. Mm. No, I've, no, I've literally been in that situation yeah. numerous times. Yeah, because like car our car's not that expensive. Yeah, and we don't use it much. Also, when you have a lump of money in order to improve your life, a mm. car mm. it's the it's the TV thing. It's it's the TV especially, thing again. The flat especially when you've got a fucking again. kid. Yeah, it's like one of the most useful things. But then their thing about how all the car all the, the, the car parks are going to be rammed all the time now. Mm. That's the same logic they used when they made us start paying to park our cars in front of my fucking flat. Mm. That, well, you don't have enough parking spaces because people park up and then walk to the tube station. Well, now, if you have to pay for it, they won't be able to park there anymore. Do you know what? There's exactly the same amount of spaces out there. Yeah. Fuck all. That's <laughs> it. I mean, it's... It, Anybody who doesn't think neoliberalism is a thing, that's literally the distillation of neoliberalism. Mm. It's putting a price tag on a finite resource and then <laughs> saying that there's therefore there's going it's going to be better regulated and everyone will be able to do with it what they will. Yeah. Everyone will be able to make use of that. Yeah. It's like by definition you won't <laughs> because there is no more. Well there's the what's it the oh if um because he's gonna get the money from raising VAT on private healthcare. Yeah. Which, you know, you should. Yes. Um 
or just abolish private healthcare mm-hmm. and just take their coffers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coffers are still a thing, aren't they? It's yeah. not all in today, is it? Surely they've. Um, there must be some people involved in like private healthcare that literally have chests full of gold doubloons. I'm not thinking chests. I'm thinking giant kind of square rooms filled with jewels <laughs> and gold that they dive into off a diving. Like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, if they if like the people saying, oh, if I, if you get money in from that, wouldn't it be better spent on like more nurses or more doctors? It's like. Well, no, this is a really simple, easy thing. Yeah, also, it's again, a quick thing. again, one thing is not another. Mm. Because they view everything view the med- through the medium of money, Yeah, they automatically think that money spent on one thing is not money spent on mm. another. Which is like, you can't convert that tarmac into more cancer nurses. I think you'll find that if you strap a cancer, cancer patient to the back of a car and drive them up yeah. and down a car park, it does cure cancer. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, so that, that was... The, one of the ones that they got really angry about. The other one was um, only raising taxes on people who earn over 80000 a year. Ah, uh, yes. We had this kind of floated before the election as well. Picking on the hard-working man yeah. who earns 80000 a year. <laughs> and also, it's that thing, fundamental thing. £80,000 is the top 5% of earners in yeah. the country. Um, yeah, last year... I'm trying to think exactly how much money my wife earned... It wasn't close to that. Mm. I think it was about it was it was good. She mm. had a very good year. I think it was about sixty thousand for two adults and a kid in London, and we yeah. lived like fucking kings. Yeah. Um, the idea that it, there were people saying, "Oh, that's chicken feed in London." You're just saying goodbye to the London vote. Mm. It's like, well, that's because you speak to very specific people in London, <laughs> the kind of people that would consider that chicken feed. There is a very small number of them. Um. But yeah, it's that fundamental thing with taxes that people don't see. There are a lot of people. Lot- well, the common, the commentariat. They are deliberately. They're just deliberately lying. They're just being. They're they're not that stupid. They know full well that if you're ra- if you raise taxes on earnings over eighty thousand, that doesn't mean that once you earn eighty one thousand and then you're taxed fifty percent, that then they take all of it and you're only mm. on forty grand. Mm. It's taxing every bit of penny, every penny after that eighty yeah. grand, which is fine because you don't need that much money. How many holidays do you need? Yeah, well, I mean, they just after the uh, the tax rise was announced, um, the Conservative Party press office um, put out something saying, "McDonald says tax hikes on eighty k earners today will be twenty k and thirty k before you know it." Corbyn wants to raise basic um, rate of income to tax to twenty five p. That's a lie. That's an actual, just an outright lie. But yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I've been thinking about this this week about mm. the how it's moved from. I mean, media kind of manipulation of um, information and things like that. It's been well gone into mm. um, for fucking years and years and years. But what it seems to have changed to is just lying, and there being no. There's no feedback loop. Despite the fact that no. we have ever more feedback loops ever than with supposedly we have Twitter a free and press, and in theory they should, someone should, should call them out for their bullshit. Yeah, but they so, never do. I mean, they were screaming after the election of Trump about fake news, and it's mm. like, well, this actually is a, a provable lie. Like, yeah, it, he hasn't said that. He specifically said no tax rises for anyone else. Yeah, they've been doing no it income for, tax, no national insurance. Been doing rises it for ages, like the um, for anyone you else. Know, Ed Miliband's dad and the man who hated Britain and yeah. things like that. Yeah, but I mean, there's an element of that where 
they're always going to say that because that's yeah. their spin on him. That's what yeah. they're not lying because no. they actively think like the John McDonnell Marxist yeah. thing. They actively that's what they actively think about Marxism and mm. people who espouse Marxist beliefs. Mm. That's not quite the the straight of lie just saying he's of just saying, uh, oh, he's going to do this. And it's, well, no, it's not. No. And it, it has to be something, there's something else going on there with their desire. I mean, it might, it's one of, it's, it's one of two things and probably both things. It's that they're all from the class that will be affected by that oh, yeah. 80k thing. The top, I'm talking actually, about kind of the top journalists, obviously. Actually, weirdly, no, top, they, jo- top journalists don't really earn that much. Or they, um, or they could potentially, if they, if they, they think make, they will, if they, if their they, do if they make, them to, if they make the Mar turn, if yeah. they make the Andrew Mar turn or the Robert Peston turn, mm. and they become celebrities or they become pundits, there is a potential in yeah. the future for them to earn that. They're closer than most people will yeah, ever definitely. get. I, I think that's definitely a thing. The other thing is that they're mostly. Again, we've talked about this a lot, but they're mostly radical centrists. Oh yeah, they are. the the way that um, education has been structured and that universities have been structured over the past few years, the new intake are all kind of people from privileged their privileged backgrounds, and they've been able to afford to go to university and top journalism schools, whatever, and they've Actually, been able I to go say through. They've been able to afford to go to university. They've been able to afford to do the the, the big thing that's the the big difference oh. in university in the last like ten years is that, yes, pretty much everyone can take out the loans to go to university, but not everyone can afford to do the six-month add-on at the very end mm. that means you get a job because of it. The internships yeah, and things like that. that's the thing that fucks yeah. you completely, because who can, who can do that? Yeah. It's like a there's a class basis to journalism, which there always has been, mm. but s- certain voices have definitely been excluded over yeah. the... Over the lifetime of uh, since since I've been kind of an adult, mm. it's definitely gone down that route a lot harder. Mm. You know, well, it's why you see like um, the forming of other alternative news sources, like yeah. things like um, what's it, Navarra Media, yeah, and things like yeah. that that are trying to do something different because they, well, they also they were do, shut out of the main ones. They also do it on a shoestring because they can't own papers. No. They can't own. The no radio point. stations yeah. that already exist. There's no point if you have the internet. You at least have that. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'll well, set up kind yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's the. It's just so fucking cringy. Yeah. And it's that thing of. It doesn't seem like once you get to that position of being radical centrist commentator mm. that you will lose your job. Dis- like you can't lose your job. It seems mm. unless you know you. I don't know. Say you want to see Jeremy Corbyn live on see, TV. I don't th- I don't like Sonny Hundle yeah. should should not work. Like his his he art- can't his, write. his articles are dross, and the perspective he comes from is a perspective shared by nobody. Yeah, not even I'm not even talking about kind of a very kind of high level of intellectual fucking discourse no. that he's coming across. He is a bare bones liberal pundit. Yeah, who has the same views as every other liberal pundit. Yeah, except he they, they keep having to churn out these same articles. So there's a certain engineering of there's a certain strain of contra contrarianism about mm. it so they want to be the one at the ted talk who goes actually you thought good thing actually bad thing yeah so that's why it's like you thought that giving people better yeah. more secure jobs and uh, more income was a good thing actually bad yeah you thought the minimum wage is good yeah actually bad it's that desire it's it's that desire to do that celebrity thing of being the one who called the trend or being the person who 
picked out the trend before anyone else. Oh, they all stare at pictures of Christopher Hitchens and beat off furiously. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones who, they're the lone voice. They mm. want to be that lone contrarian voice. But they're all, in the, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, and they all, they all end up saying the same thing. There's also another element of, I don't think it's as much from fear of losing their jobs mm. as it is of policing a particular kind of discourse. They have very specific limits, which was definitely shown in the kind of comments about John McDonnell um, saying that he was a Marxist mm. or that he, had, um, he thought there were a lot of good ideas in Marxism. Well, he said he was a Marxist, and um, he said he, he said yeah. he, um, he said he, there was lots to learn from Das Kapital. Yeah, and there is. Yeah, there's a lot. And there lot. is. Yeah, there's a, a, a great deal to learn from it. Yeah. Um, but there's this kind of policing of the bounds of how far you can go and be considered in. Yeah. You know, there's it's what it's what they mean when they say sensible, yeah. sensible and the, moderate and the, all that kind of stuff. And there's no, there's no outside voices anymore. Have you ever wanted to hang out with anyone who would describe themselves as sensible? Not really. No, no. And that like goes doubly for anyone who describes himself as sensible on their Twitter bio. Yeah, it's it's that. There's a kind of a back to normality thing again. We yeah. we talked about this, but there's this giant whirlpool of normality that they think is under the surface, and it's being blocked hmm. by all these crazies, all these weirdos. And if they can just tap through to it, hmm. it will all come out. And it will all refresh everything. It will yeah. all make everything normal. And I don't know if anyone's looked around recently, but things aren't normal. Mm. Things aren't going back to any kind of norm anytime soon. We're in a very unsettled Especially period. the radical centrists who say they're on the left, like Sally Hundle. Mm. Um, or like J.K. Rowling and all those kind of people. They all think that everyone is a Blairite. Yeah. Except for a few outliers here yeah. and there. Um and they think that, you know, if we just sneak Blair back in, or someone yeah. like Blair, like Owen Smith, or soon, yeah. handsome Dan Jarvis, yeah. um, with his best if friend can, Marina. <laughs> if, I can have, if I can have those images, if I can have those signifiers up yeah. there in front of me, that I can vote for. If I can have a man who has an occasional laugh at himself, yeah. who has a, a sensible wife who he puts there and he drinks like tea with her and he tweets when he has a fucking anniversary and they drink rosé and listen to Classic FM. Do you know that kind of thing? And it won't be they Classic just, FM. It is. It'll be, it'll be um, listening to the Stone Roses. Uh, yeah, Dan yeah. Jarvis. It was List- actually the Stone yeah. Roses, wasn't it? With Owen. I was thinking of a was very it? specific tweet. Seriously? Um, I was thinking of a very, very specific tweet during the leadership election because uh, Owen Smith had a, an anniversary and he tweeted a picture with his wife close up the wife who he boasted about um, beating off many men and me- and a couple of women <laughs> so we all know that Owen Smith is very very good at beating off men um, he's like toasting he's a so glass so alpha you can tell you can tell Owen Smith's an alpha because he doesn't know what a frothy coffee is yeah because only 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 the most fey of gay men knows what a frothy coffee is the caffeine bubbles will not be allowed to cause any weaknesses in his stone like facade <laughs> no not at all <laughs> I hear that bubbles, they have estrogen in them. They do. <laughs> so like anyway, soy. he was drinking rosé. He was drinking bubbly rosé. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was a, it was just an innocuous tweet. Like but out of a tankard. <laughs> it was no. He was drinking it out of the the stem in his kind of small constituency kitchen, and it's like oh, putting on a steak and listening to the Stone Roses and enjoying this for my anniversary in the middle of my election. Campaign. Oh, good. You're supposedly Welsh. There's a load of good Welsh bands. Yeah, and it's it's a. It's an image thing. It's a, yeah. a, a it's a comfort blanket thing, and so many prematurely middle aged liberal correspondents to have not fair, cannot get away from it. To be fair, I probably would have become the biggest supporter of him if instead of Rose, 
and like steak and the stone roses, it was ketamine and dapleggy. <laughs> like, he's, he's obviously got the right idea about everything. I trust this man. He thinks we should abolish the minimum wage? Yeah, sure. He can't be wrong. Have you ever met someone on ketamine who's wrong about anything? If he would have said abolish the minimum wage, we would abolish it or raise it to 20 quid an hour. I don't know, fuck it. One of them, let's toss a coin. And then he just stares at a coin for four days. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they seem to have gone so up their own asses with their game-playing political bullshit that they don't know anything. Because they, also they're, they're the ones who want to give the TED. They want to. They're the ones who want to do the TED talk, but don't want to do the research that goes into what I presume the research that goes into a TED talk. Well, you know, I know, I know, but, but they they want to be they talk. want to be the Thomas Piketty, without <laughs> actually having <laughs> without any theory spent fucking <laughs> five years <laughs> researching the book or anything like that because that's sad. And I mean, to be fair, I don't need to spend five years researching to do a, a book that says capitalism bad here. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, as much as Jeremy Corbyn, they don't like Jeremy Corbyn's policies. They don't like Jeremy Corbyn the man. That no, definitely they shines him. through. They hate him. And I remember somebody writing this about Clinton at the time. Uh, Bill Clinton, weirdly enough, mm. when he first became president, somebody wrote something about I don't remember when they wrote. Yeah. I remember reading something that somebody had yeah. wrote, written when he came into office. And it was like, they remind him, he reminds them of everything that they thought they were. Because he is that. He is, he's sad. He's a loser because he didn't parlay his intelligence and his gifts into a high-paying career. He didn't take the money, therefore he's a loser. It's like people who choose to teach. You know, they think teachers are losers. Well, they are a bunch of fucking chumps. <laughs> Have you ever... No, we never had any nice teachers. I know one nice teacher now. Mm. But other than that, they're all fucking... Uh, <laughs> scarred by my experience <laughs> of school. They're all bullies. Every single one of them. It's good to see that you're working through your issues. <laughs> Child abusing bullies. 32, still angry at school. <laughs> so yeah, John McDonald's a Marxist. Yeah. The... And everyone hates a Marxist. They do. <laughs> Especially people who've never read any Marx. What, what do you mean, people who've never read any Marx? Are you telling me Faisal Islam, who said, McDonald not too comfortable on Marxism either there. Of course, what he might have said is... I am not a Marxist, which is a quote of Marx, which is a specious uh, allegation in any way. <laughs> but it's like, oh, Faisal Islam, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure he read Das Kapital. Like, have you read Das Kapital? Um, no. Oh, I've read bits of it. Confession time. I haven't read uh, Das Kapital. I've read bits of it. Read I've read Grundreiser. I will one day. You've read <laughs> The Grundreiser, which is worse than Das Kapital. Yes, it was worse. Why do you harder. think I wasn't able to finish Das Kapital? Because I was like, why? I'm not going to be punished anymore. I'm going to read it. Um, I still haven't read the 18th premiere. Oh, you see, that's what always happens to me. I start Das Kapital and then um, I uh, I go, oh, this is too hard. I go back to the 14th premiere of Louis <laughs> Napoleon, which is that's fucking good. fantastic. Um, I've read some of the letters between Engels and him, which are brilliant because it's like, Engels says to Marx, do you want to finish that, do you want to finish that mm-hmm. bit of work you were being paid for then so you can like, feed your kids? And Marx is like, I can't because there's a man who's really annoying me. <laughs> He's maybe really grumpy. I'm going to drink now. <laughs> Sold my clothes. <laughs> Marx the best. Marx is like the best. He's like, it's the best thing because like, generally, fail sons do tend to be on the left. Yeah. And Marx is very much a fail son. 
as opposed to Engels, who well, was, was nothing a, but was, a success. He was a succeed son in many ways, but I mean, Engels as a son was more of a disappointment, mainly because he was oh, yeah. he was sneaking um, credit notes in order to <laughs> keep keep Marx alive. Yeah, um, yeah, Marx never really achieved anything in his lifetime. Well, yeah, you know, he did. He totally did. Like what? Um, Capital wasn't didn't um, even finish Capital in his lifetime. No, but he never. I don't think he ever intended to finish it. Well, I don't think he intended to finish anything. But he didn't intend. It does to read like one long run on sentence by any clock. Yeah, I mean, he was he was revising it for kind of twenty years. He was always yeah. going back to it and things like that. And I, but he did uh, he did end up getting it um, translated into a few different languages and selling it on to local kind of. Uh, and he did get all those movements. people killed in Russia. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Specifically, but yeah, like the people coming out and complaining about Marxism are always. The fucking yeah. worst. There was like one. There was one guy replying to that Faisal Islam tweet. Yeah, who was like, Marx was a Leninist, Trotsky was a Marxist, Stalin was a Marxist-Leninist, and in the end, millions died of starvation or were shot. That must have been a joke, though. That that tweet. That must be a joke tweet. Because first off, well, it was the person has a lion sleeping oh. with uh, the Conservatives banner underneath. So if it's good, it's a very deep cover one. Yeah, uh, but the thing. Lenin was 13 when Marx died. Yeah. I, I don't... It's like I Marx don't. just basing his life and his worldview on the teachings of a 13-year-old. I just like the idea of thousands and thousands of British journalists running to, to copy out, to check out a, a copy of um, <laughs> Das Kapital from the Kindle Reading Library. Reading a few sentences, trying to pick, pick out a few choice quotes. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like, oh, I think I've got a real bird here. There's something here about labour theory of value. This will really shut up those lefties. If there is an afterlife, that's the punishment. <laughs> it's them constantly, constantly pouring through Dust Capital, trying to find a gotcha moment. <laughs> oh, God, that's so good. Like, it's just the mountain. Yeah. Except the boulder is just impenetrable bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit. It is, inc- it is good. Just, I'm not an economist. <laughs> it's, it's very good. I mean, I... I'm, Sounds stupid. I don't know it firsthand, but I do know the tenets of Marxism from a second-hand source, um, if you know what I mean. Having not read it... If you want to read it, David Harvey's mm. um, series that I think is free online. Yeah. It's yeah. like reading grouping. is very good. It is very, and very good. And the only way I was able to handle it. Yeah. But really, I, no. I prefer the conquest of bread. Mm. Mm. I like Black Prince. Yeah. A big, great. big Kropotkin fan. Yeah, we went to see the. Um, that's what we did. We went to see the Soviet stuff, didn't we? Oh yeah, we had a field trip, didn't we? Yeah, we went yeah. to see the um, Soviet uh, exhibition. Soviet exhibition at the um, British, Library. British Library. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. It was. It was a good exhibition. I mean, the actual kind of structure and uh, explanations of the. Yeah, I never read um, that shit because I don't really want to read some angry, bitter archivist's opinion on. Well, there, were two, there were two things that really uh, kind of leapt out about early um, the early the early Soviet state stuff. Yeah, which was one was um, there was a description of the Soviet um, literacy programs, and they said uh, the Soviet Union achieved like one hundred percent literacy by nineteen fifty six, something like that. Okay. Um, however. Tsarist Russia had it up to 40% by 1913, and uh, there's no reason to think that these trends wouldn't have continued. It's like, except for, well, there's two very, two, three, four, five, six very big fucking reasons, and that it's that Russia was always constantly at war. Yeah. From 1914 until 1945, and not just like, 
small <laughs> go and sit in a field with your army war. Like, Whoa. utter destruction of your civilization wars. <laughs> I did like all the propaganda stuff in there. Because yeah. they had... Um, a disco Trotsky. Yeah, that's, that's definitely my favourite anti-Bolshevik mm. propaganda disco <laughs> Jew Trotsky. Just disco Jew giant Trotsky mm. with a um, where he's got like his kind of afro. He's I think he's naked but covered in blood. Well, he's red. He's red, so he's like the devil, but he's also covered in blood. And he's, he's wearing a giant pentagram hairy, medallion. He's got the big hairy chest, like yeah. the proper anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, uh, tropes and he's jumping over a bridge and it's like just skulls everywhere. Yeah, he's sitting on top of piles of skulls. <laughs> um, and but the, oh, the, some of their stuff was just like it's oh, the, other, the other dis- the other beautiful yeah. Russian aristocratic knights killing peasants. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like join us. It's like no, <laughs> I don't identify with this seven foot Adonis who can call an eagle to his arm. <laughs> There was another like description in the whole uh, thing, which was um, uh, discussing the crackdown on the bourgeoisie hmm. and saying that elements of the bourgeoisie were suppressed, were um, uh, subject to suspicion. It wasn't even wasn't even kind of um, subject to arbitrary arrest. It was subject no. to suspicion. Um, bourgeoisie in um, quote marks, and then everybody from judges to junior civil servants. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no. So the bourgeoisie then. Yeah. I mean, like. You're not gonna. I'm not expecting my massive Stalin supporting um, the Stalin supporting fellows st- uh, of the British Library to come out on the side I'm on. But at the same time, they are actually the bourgeoisie. Yeah. <laughs> Judges to junior civil servants are literally the state bourgeoisie. Yeah. If if I came to power today or tomorrow, because I'm a bit tired. Um, I'd take a look at every single civil servant. Yeah. Know a couple of them. Definitely take a second look at them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, oh, it's like you always get that kind of thing those kind of things. But um, they did have a thing about um, my favourite spy and how he got killed. Oh, yeah. Um, so Sidney Riley. Oh, uh, Riley Ace of Spies. Yeah, you, first among spies, the most famous spy see, in the thing the is, land. you don't actually like Riley Ace of Spies. You no, like Sam Neill. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Love Sam Neill. <laughs> Um, even when he tore out his eyes and broke my heart in Event Horizon. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sidney Riley, mm. the world's most famous spy, he had a manager. Yeah. And he was not allowed to go back to Russia, otherwise they were going to kill him. And then he got off on a train. He got off a train into Russia and was instantly recognised and killed. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happens when you're the world's most famous spy. And it would be so much better if every Bond film was just like that. Because that's literally how he lived. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm Riley. It's very much the archer of the interwar years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that that gave me a bit of a chuckle. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the thing is, it's like, you get a lot of the people now shooting their mouths off about Marxism and Mm. Marxist Marxist that, and I bet you'll be hard-pressed to find many economists who work for think tanks who've even read any Marx. Well, no, I mean, the thing is, of a certain age, you will find those economists who have at least read Marx. But they've read Cliff Notes. Like Pete Niall Ferguson um, mm. mentions him all the fucking time. Well, he's as, a historian, and um, historians are less, are the... less embarrassed to yeah. say that they're no, that they've um, read Marx. Up until a, up until a certain point, um, I mean, maybe not in America, but certainly across the world, Marx is a staple of learning learning the economic trade, right, the economist's the first, trade. Definitely one of the first books on economics. Um. Das Capital, definitely one of the first books of on economics. 
Um, well, like no, I mean, not economics. It was, it was, it was, what it was. Um, it's one of the early most powerful critiques of political economy. I think is what yeah. is what it is. Yeah, because I mean, you have Adam Adam Smith and um, Ricardo and people like that. And Adam Smith is not as bad as he's generally. You're making a wanker sign at me. Um, because with good with good cause. Yes. Yeah, because like, obviously everything done in his name yes. now. But I mean, he's. You should study Adam Smith. If you're a Marxist, you you should study Adam Smith and Ricardo and um, Malthus and things like that to get a, a good overview. The idea that somehow Marx is beyond the fringe of anybody... Yeah, it's dumb. ...in their particular establishment club is fucking dumb because people of a certain age will have studied Marx. It's fucking stupid. I mean, um, the was it James Cleverly, the Conservative candidate um, for Braintree? Fucking Braintree. Hell. Braintree is the worst place. Been there once. It's a fucking hole. Um, first, McJo- John McDonnell said there's a lot to learn from Karl Marx. Now Jeremy Corbyn calls him a great economist who is shaping Labour policy. Oh, calls McDonnell a great economist who is shaping Labour policy. It's clear these two Marx brothers oh my God. are determined to unleash their heroes' dangerous ideas on Britain, sending taxes soaring and destroying jobs. That's like the... <laughs> ah, yes, I remember halfway through Das Kapital when Karl Marx well, talks about raising taxes I've in order to provide social services. I've read the manifesto. It doesn't mention raising taxes at all. <laughs> no. They're, they're, still, they're still operating that old, um, that old playbook. They yeah. haven't learned. They are vulnerable in that, in that sense. Mm. Um, even like the centre-right and the, the kind of right-wing have not learned the lessons that they're not cold warriors anymore. Which is an interesting kind That's of... why they're building up Russia again. And it's yeah. that, that fucking retarded... Um, it's so stupid, that making out that Putin is, like, the logical progression of... Like, it goes, like, Marx, Lenin, Oh, Stalin, yeah, that he's, the, that he's the inheritor of 1917 and not the obvious fucking inheritor of 1991. Yeah. It, it, he's, is, he is pure fucking gangster capitalism. Yeah. He, I, he literally uses it. When you see him come through those golden doors. He is a nationalist capitalist. Yeah. And he is the logical result of what was put upon Russia after the collapse so, of the Soviet Union. Also, Russia still has a communist party. Yeah. And Putin's not a member of it. Yeah. It's just, it, it. it's again trying to, it, that's more of a cultural thing than mm. anything. And I mean, it's... Yeah, that's what they're... they're trying they're, to link... It, to be honest, if anything, Putin as an object in the eyes of the West, resembles more the kind of um, 19th century, like, czars. Yeah. In the, the oh, kind yeah. of the Great Bear. Well, Is yeah, the I Great could... Bear bearing down on India going to... I could see Putin being taken in by a, um, a smooth talking magician as well. I <laughs> <laughs> could definitely see him being taken in by a if he, if, if Putin makes it until he's like... 70, 80, oh, be gets so really old defense. and starts properly losing his mind, that's when we look for Rasputin. That's when we become <laughs> Rasputin. <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm liking this idea. When Putin is full Reaganing. <laughs> in that, in that British his... Library exhibition, there are obviously a few pictures, a beautiful pictures of Rasputin. I love anything oh. to do with Rasputin. I'm fucking fascinated by it. Um, including the picture of him among all the noble ladies, kind of, uh, <laughs> so, and it's just a beautiful kind of success meme. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't, you say you don't see me at the gym. Well, I don't see you <laughs> at, the, at the Winter Palace <laughs> partying. 
This is there's a whole bunch. I saw there's like a whole bunch of pictures where it does look like Rasputin's hover handing the equivalent of an Instagram model. Oh, I don't know. I don't think Rasputin ever hover handed in his life. <laughs> oh, just oh. Oh. boys have swag. Men have magic with a K. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lib Dems got in on the action with the uh, the Marxism we're seeing in the Labour Party right now has more in common with Groucho than Carl. But so, how many times can you do that same fucking joke? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. see. But fucking hell. Lib Dems had a lot. To, they, they've had some more stuff. Cause, um, have they had actual policies yet? Because I did see one that was... Um, oh, shit. It's so meaningless I even forgot it. It was... Um, uh, oh, mental health funding. No, that was the Tories. They, they said they um, were going to raise mental uh, health funding, having cut it. They want to legalise yeah. weed. <laughs> Great. But you know, sure. Why not? The thing is, I don't think you're even going to be able to trick a bunch of stoners mm. because no, <laughs> um, not the most motivated of electorates. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Mm. <laughs> um, Tim Farron did say that he's, you know, he's got a bit of a Eurosceptic streak in him. Oh my god! Because they're they're really? they're really just laying the groundwork for going in with the Tories, yeah, and then not doing anything, yeah, um, yeah, because they're fucking awful. I saw the Lib Dem party political broadcast. Oh yeah, I haven't seen any party political broadcasts yet. Um, I saw I saw the Tory one as well, but I can't remember that one at all. It just went. Phew. But I watched the Lib Dem one, and that was weird because you have like a Lib Dem household that and the. The neither neither member of the couple talk to each other yeah. at all, and I realise it's probably because if you have two Lib Dem voters in a room together and they start to have any kind of discussion, they'll both talk themselves out of voting Lib Dem. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they've got nothing. They've got nothing apart from vote for us. We love Europe, and then whispering to Theresa May, "It's okay, we hate it." And Tim Farron wanted a referendum on Europe fucking years ago. He resigned from the front bench of the Lib Dems in two thousand and eight in order to have a EU referendum because they didn't want one. Yeah, well, he didn't want one, I think, probably because um, the EU was going to make, make us be nicer to gays or something. Oh, no, he wanted one. Yeah, no, what I mean, he wanted us to get away oh, from yeah, yeah, sure. because sure. of EU saying, you know, be nice sure. to gays. And yeah. he's like, but I hate them, I hate them all. But he's, like, furiously flagellating. Oh, no, he's not a Catholic, as he said, or doesn't flagellate. He probably flagellates. <laughs> Subtly. <laughs> Subtly. Semi-flagellates. Just... He looks over at the Catholics and says, likes their, likes their whole... Likes their whole style. I imagine evangelical Christians are really... They do have a proper Catholicism envy. Mm. All that tradition. Yeah. Plus they get all that gold. Yeah. All those straight answers whenever you're asked something. was like what he said. Well, also with Christianity, Catholicism is more fun because, you know, polytheism is more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Saint worship is pretty great. Um, The the Lib Dems at the moment seem to be definitely relying upon the um, tactical voting... Yeah. Uh, fetish that's gone around. Um, there's lots of lists going around social media about how to tactically vote if you're in a particular area because God don't, forbid. And don't it's, tactically vote. It's uh, it's fucking mental. Yeah. Uh, it's um, vote for Labour. It's they're, they're just tra- they're, Labour, they're doing what they always do and trying to ride in on the coattails of something else. Yeah. It's I think if um if I was living in Brighton, I'd probably vote Green. Yeah. Um, but other than that, vote Labour. Don't vote Tory. Definitely don't vote Lib Dem because they're just liars anyway. Mm. But yeah, they haven't done fuck all, really. The Tories haven't done fuck all either. Theresa May is still firmly set on never exposing herself to anyone. There was a a thing today with... um, She had a uh, press conference in, I believe it was Worcester, somewhere like that. Um, Another closed room. 
in a in a closed room. Um, selected journalist, pre-picked questions. Um, the big thing that came out was that Michael Crick, I think it was, was tweeting at the time that um, they were refused. Uh, certain journalists were refused questions, and that um, one report came out that. Tory aides were holding the microphones so they when they were interviewing it so they could snatch it away if um, Theresa May got asked any difficult questions or any questions she didn't like. It's f- it's fine. It's fucking... What are they afraid of? That someone's going to say, Theresa May, Theresa May, what's your favourite colour? She just says, red, the colour of the blood of my enemies. Or something like that, which actually, to be fair, she probably will. She did say about... Um, um, oh, that's the Tory thing, because they haven't really come out with anything yet. But they are. In f- um, she's in favour of bringing back fox hunting. Oh, God. I had to listen to an entire hour of fucking fox hunting chat on the radio today with um, James O'Brien, who is very bitter because his chickens were killed by foxes. Yeah. Um, Because that's what foxes do. (laughs) And to be fair, maybe he's right. Um, Foxes, they kill chickens, and arsehole hunters, they just naturally need to get drunk and ride around the woods and (laughs) tear foxes to shreds. I'd be well in favour of a, you know, well-funded environmental department that took those kind of questions and said well no we'll deal with it like we do with any other kind of environmental management thing and we'll just um, set traps and uh, well traps are hardly foxes but you can just shoot y- them you know what I mean you can you can do it in a in a proper kind of humane way yeah. and then say well no that's it you can't yeah. ride around in red uniforms anymore. no what's that um, you can't bathe that stupid thing bathe yourself in the blood of <laughs> it's that conquest stu- it's that stupid thing with um, fox hunting because those people, they always say, like, oh, it's the most humane way of killing them as well because, you know, it's, it's quite brutal, but it's like 50 dogs, yeah. tear it to shreds. It's very quick. Mm. Um, I'm saying, like, if you shot it, it might, you know, wander off and bleed to death slowly and mm. all this kind of stuff. And it's... If you're, like, if you're a deer hunter, mm. um, I don't know about in America, but I know, like, in New Zealand, you have to get a licence to be a deer hunter. Yeah. And to get that licence, you have to prove that you're a good enough shot mm. to be able to kill a deer. Yeah. And not just wing it and like make it make it suffer loads. Yeah, you can do that with foxes, <laughs> surely. And guns are so fancy. Well, no, if, surely if, just like just kill them with drones. No, I just if you're worried about that. Just like actually, you could probably just pick them up and put them in a fox sanctuary. I'd love that. Just drones picking them up, and then you just go to a place that's like hundreds of foxes. <laughs> no, I just like the idea of if if that's the argument for it. If if the argument is you have to hunt them with dogs. Because uh, that's like the quickest way mm. of doing it, or whatever. Yeah, it's fine. We'll have a we'll have it like rat catchers, or we'll have it like environmental health officers yeah. do it. You're not allowed to do it. Yeah. I specifically don't want yeah. you people yeah. to do it. Because, yeah, you're not allowed to wear that red outfit. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to. Imagine you're doing the charge of the light brigade. Do you remember when you voted for taking hoodies off in shopping centres? <laughs> it's exactly the same fucking thing. Yeah, that's what I object to about fox hunting. I'm sorry, I'm not. A, I'm not a particularly like. I'm not hot on animal rights. I don't want them to suffer, but it's not one of my main areas of interest. It never has been. It's that weird. Um, but I just don't want them to have it. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just don't want them to be able to do what they want because in the time in the two hundred years <laughs> that their families have well five hundred six hundred years that their families have ruled Britain, they have clamped down on the working class and the pastimes and the enjoyments of the working class any time any of them mm. have done it. And it's been it's been fine because they're the ones in charge. Yeah. No, I want them to not have to do it well, for no particular reason. The thing that annoys me is, um, like they were saying on the radio, like, I don't under- it's like a hierarchy of, of um, humanity and caring. Yeah. And like, I don't understand why, why people focus on this rather than... Yeah. On like um, removing poverty, dealing with poverty, getting rid of food banks, that kind mm. of thing, and it's like 
Actually, no, I don't think it's the animal rights people who brought this up. I no. think it was an obnoxious Tory lord who said, I want to I want to bring it up because I really want to kill a fox. Yeah. And they still do it anyway, fox hunting. It's yeah. still going on. It goes on all the time. You see um, Hans' ad videos go on all the time. I mean, I imagine it's it's with the influx of the uh, the formerly Tory UKIP voters coming back in. Mm. And UKIP, not just UKIP voters, but UKIP people. Yeah, they're Political very... people. Yeah. So they're giving them back their... Um, their images, they're giving them mm. back their their totems. Mm. So yeah, of course, fox hunting is back on. You know, smoking but, in pubs will be back on. I imagine at some point. Well, maybe not smoking in pubs, but no, I think that'll be. You know, those I, I can't think of a bigger totem than fox hunting. But yeah, they're, they're it's an they're easy trying, one that they can do. Yeah, because they'll just say it's fine, it's okay yeah. again, and then it's just done. Yeah, cost them no money. Yeah. In fact, it probably save them money from enforcement. Mm. But um, where else are the toys? Oh, there was that um, this letter. The thing to do with um, money. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about this, actually. Um, so, um, uh, Roger Mullin, um, an SNP um, Treasury spokesman, sent a letter to the um, Chief Exec of the Party and Election Finance Commission, uh, of the Party and Election Finance Wing of the Electoral Commission, um, saying that there was some irregularities with um, a company called IPGL got loans from HSBC and then funneled them to the Tories and then forgave the loans. Um, it's under investigation, presumably. Um, I'm not actually sure how... Um, uh, I'll, I'll read out the letter. Um, you'll no doubt be aware that the annual general meeting of HSBC Holdings was held on the 28th of April. Um, at this meeting, serious allegations were made about significant HSBC loans to the company IPGL, led by the former treasurer of the Conservative Party and current chair of the Conservative Party Foundation, Mr. Michael Spencer. The question and answers at the AGM are now fully in the public domain. In essence, the allegation, which was not refuted, was that HSBC loaned to IPGL over £200 million from the 6th of October 2008 onwards. The company was in some financial distress. Despite this, it is reported that, the, that in excess of £5 million of HSBC loans have been laundered directly to Conservative Party headquarters. I... Wouldn't be that surprising with yeah. how they won that mayoral election. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's among a number of very, very dubious mm. uh, electoral practices that the Conservatives have been taking part in, um, yeah. finance-wise. But it's it's all too busy now. It's yeah. all too busy. Yeah. Um, and, it, oh God, it would be fucking infuriating. So the Tories win. Yeah. And then all this properly starts yeah. gathering steam. And... Then there has to be another election. Well, no, she'll do no, she'll do exactly the same thing that she did before. Her own Theresa May's only rhetorical trick is to say this endangers Brexit, mm. and it'll all be shoved mm. off. We're in, we're in new political territory in that regard, in that she can just use it as a cudgel to beat whatever she wants. I did see that um, she said that Macron had won a massive mandate for the Brexit negotiations. And that she needs one too. It's like, but whoever's prime minister isn't going to be in the negotiations. Mm. I don't think they could give. I don't think the EU could give less of a shit who's, who's yeah. prime minister. I imagine they'd rather. They'd probably rather not have Corbyn, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think they care because they're bureaucrats and they'll be negotiating with people, whoever. Yeah. For probably for aesthetic reasons, they would prefer someone as as bureaucratic and accountant-like as they are. Yeah. But I don't think it particularly matters. What's more interesting is that Theresa May actually feels like she would have benefited from Le Pen. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know whether that's true. There's a couple of different ways of looking at it. Um, with Macron, either he goes... I mean, he's not directly involved, but the kind of attitude of France would, I imagine, as a pro-European, mm. his attitude would be hammer them, hammer them hard, because you have to show people the cost of leaving the EU. He's already saying the um, move the border from Calais to Dover. Yeah. Um, he started hammering on at the polls to take yeah. um, to take more migrants. Huh. Um, so, you know, he's just kind of Le Penny rhetoric already. Well, yeah, he already, he already he already has that. I mean, part of part of his whole project is it's subtly racialized discourse around imprisonment and immigration, mm. along with job cuts. Mm. Exactly the kind of fertile ground that <laughs> Le Pen will cruise to victory in in two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, but um, actually, before we get on to France, there is one thing with the Labour Party that I'd forgotten about. Oh yeah, Simon Danjuk. Oh shit! Yes, he's yeah, yeah. gone. He's gone <laughs> because he didn't get selected, and so then he left and made, tried to make as big a stink as possible. And I, for one, am horrified <clears throat> at the wound this has caused the Labour Party. <clears throat> How will they ever survive a sex pest like Dan Chuck leaving <laughs> a man who has repeatedly got in trouble for expenses, who? is so far to the right of the Labour Party that he was considering joining UKIP, who bombarded a 17-year-old girl with te- with with sex... Sex... Yeah, I hate that word as well. Yeah, it's a horrible word. But yeah, bombarded a 17-year-old girl with dirty messages when she was asking for a job. <laughs> um He's uh, he's gonna step back from. He's gonna stand as an independent. Uh, we thought he might <laughs> step back to spend more time with his apps. Yeah, but there's so many now. I'm surprised he's standing as an independent, not for Nambler. <laughs> but I did see that someone was getting really annoyed on Twitter, saying like, "Oh, I see. It's okay to just bash someone with a mental illness." He did this when he had a mental illness, and it's like, eh, I've known a few depressed people, and at no point did any of them try and fuck a teenager. <laughs> like, also the wording of that. When he had a mental illness. Yeah. He's alright now. Yeah, he's fine now. <laughs> but it's that... Oh, it's, it's that dumb thing. I think the last time I texted a... Like, I tra- last time I texted a teenage girl anything of a sexual nature, I was a teenager. <laughs> um, and I've been sad. I've, I, I don't think I've ever been clinically depressed. I've mm. known people who've been clinically depressed. And none of them have gone all... rapey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the fucking worst, and I'm glad he's gone. I mean, there's no way they could have put him up. I'm surprised it took as long as it did. Well, yeah, I would have There's no way you could have put him up. The interesting for that, actually, from the Dandrick thing, is um, they put up a proper kind of uh, old-timer. Yeah, they put up an old um, They put a, 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 a proper... Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much he's a Corbyn guy. I can't remember his name. God damn it, I'm terrible with names. Um, but they put up a proper old-timer. Mm. The interesting thing is, in, the other, uh, one, in one of the other by-elections, they've put up... Um, an aide of Len McCluskey. Hmm. So like a young kind of Unite kind of affiliated hmm. person. And they were like, oh, Corbyn, filling the Labour Party with his cronies. And it's like, what was Rachel Reeves? Well, um, no, Ellie Reeves. Uh, Ellie got... Reeves, sorry. Yeah. What's Ellie Reeves? Yeah. Ellie Reeves is literally the sister... She's the sister of Rachel Reeves. Of Rachel Reeves. Her hus- I think Ellie Reeves' husband's an MP as well. Yeah. Um, I... And she's piece of work like a fucking sister and also in this system bitching about fucking parachuting candidates and I yeah. mean they're not parachuting him he is from Liverpool <laughs> I, it's it's a fairly standard kind of appointment yeah. but I would say also even if the election is lost Labour MPs on the right get used to it 
<laughs> You're all gone. You're all gone. Because Jeremy Corbyn said he's not standing down after the election. Yeah. Right. Or he hasn't, he hasn't confirmed either way because he's like, nope, I'm just going straight forward towards the election. I'm just <laughs> doing that. He hasn't confirmed it, but... I just want a part, like a Labour conference and he just comes up onto the stage. He's got a laser pointer. He just starts pointing at people and then they get black bagged and dragged out <laughs> and dragged to the Conservative Party conference. <laughs> That's why I'm not a leader of party. (laughs) Speaking of conferences, actually, there was a weird tweet today. Um, One of the people, um, one of the journalists at one of his rallies um, today was uh, saying, God, it's like something in communist China. People applauding him and people applauding themselves. It's like, what, clapping at a speech? I don't... I don't know what, what's, no, what's particularly no, Chinese no, about that. It wasn't that. good, honest British clapping. It was filthy, seditionist, <laughs> Marxist clapping. You can tell the way they clap. In you the can tell they spread the arms wide. Their right so hand doesn't wide. move. It's just the right being pounded constantly with the left. <laughs> but yeah, so it would be nice if this, <laughs> if, if Labour loses like a massive, a night of the long knives, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> a night of the long scissors as they all do the exact identical tweet of oh. tweeting their resignation letter with their cut up Labour card and it's like no no but like nobody's fucking mourning Simon Danchuk no. nobody no um, I saw that his ex-wife wasn't selected and oh, everyone okay. was really annoyed about and well she was really annoyed about that hmm. his ex-wife who from what I can gather mainly takes pictures of her cleavage okay um Oh, is it Karen Danjuk? So. Is that her name? He beat her. That's one of his other things. That's one oh, of other shit, really? things. Yeah, he, he did beat her. But you know, he was high on the demon weed when he did it. No, seriously, that's that's one of his excuses. He was on because <laughs> he was high, he was like drunk and high, and so he beat her. I've been drunk and high, and I've never beaten a woman. <laughs> I think I probably slapped you a couple of times. <laughs> that doesn't count. It's fine. It's just horseplay. Um... But yeah, so the, I'm trying to think what else happened. Oh! The Greek. Phil the Greek's gone. Oh, yeah. Well, not gone. Well, yeah, it's God damn it. I woke up that morning oh, and it was like, so there's going to be a press conference outside uh, Buckingham Palace. And I'm so like, convinced I can. It got moved to eight and I was like, okay, eight o'clock. So in front of the TV. He's <laughs> fucking dead. He's fucking dead. And it's like, oh, it's been moved to ten, but there's loads <clears> of cameras <throat> out the front and everything. It's like, fuck, he's died in the night. Okay, come on. Come on. This is the beginning. This is the start. Don't get a day off for Philip, but you know. Yeah, don't get a day off for Philip, but it's a good fucking start. It's a Sunday, so I'm off anyway, so (laughs) fine. Um, Yeah, he's retiring from uh, public life at the grand old age of uh, 95. Has he been seen since this? Because there's part of me that thinks that that he's died and they're just going to announce that he's died after the election. (laughs) What what you don't realise is that he's been dead for 20 years. Mm. (laughs) Well, they've all been. Are they lizard people... Wearing human suits? No, they're, I think they're humans. They're just dead. They're just they're, dead the, the lizards are in charge of them, and that's yeah. why they're, it's, it's kept a, a great secret. Now, um, yeah, Fr- Prince Philip's retired to spend more time on his true passion, racism. Yep. Um, it's an easy joke. Um, <laughs> but it has to be done. Well, no, I mean, here, here's the thing. He's not just an average racist, mm, right? Mm. Unknown to the outside world, Prince Philip has had the world's most advanced racism lab <laughs> dug in a wine cellar underneath Sandringham <laughs> for the last 50 years. It has okay. to be in Sandringham because naturally 
it would be around East Anglia where you get to the real nugget, the core of British racism. You need to you need to get right in there. I yeah. mean, they've they've exhausted the mine recently. It's it's yeah. only in the last like <laughs> eight months yeah. that all of the racism has been exhausted. All the racism nuggets are gone. But what there is left is this radioactive racism like residue that's left. Yeah, that is poisonous to the average human. Yeah, but not to someone of the someone, house of well, Saxe I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, this this allows a lot, a much more sophisticated level of racism research. Um, I mean, he's going to move on from the straight old colonial racism. He's moving on to what uh, he likes to call the null racism principle, <laughs> which is um, he like he's trying to find the perfect scenario where you can say I'm not a racist, but and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> They'll find it. They'll find it eventually. They've got like supercomputers working round the clock. It's, they're trying to work out when he can actually say the N word again. <laughs> They'll find it. Both scientists will find that time. <laughs> and it'll be when Prince Philip writes his version of The Wire. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, not, it's, it's sad that he's not dead. Yeah, it's um, really fucking sad. I mean, how long is it? How many... All, it's whenever the kind of question of the longevity of... Particularly Phil and Lizzie yeah. get brought up. That I'm like, there are so many good dead people. Mm. And they're still... Going yeah, along. Well, he does keep on getting like taken out with urinary tract infections. Mm. So you know, fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> but UTIs, UTIs, which ironically is a chief that uh, he <laughs> once offended in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, I did see a lot of people talking about his best jokes. Was he really a racist, or was he you know just like banting? Does he was he just doing the bants? Oh, God. Um, and it's like, no, the man's a racist. The man's not honest to goodness racist. The man was born in a period where he was the dominant race. Yeah. Like him specifically was the dominant race. He was given a crown for being the best race. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, yeah, he is a filthy, filthy racist. And like, none of, the, none of his jokes are particularly funny either. Yeah. And he says them all the time, because well, he's just the, like any other granddad. Yeah, you get the usual tittering about, you know, when he says the same joke 16 times. Mm. I mean, admittedly, it's over kind of an 80-year career, so it's, you know... He's like the worst stand-up comic. Mm. But yeah, I'm glad he's gone. It's ish. Yeah. yeah. But, um... So, what else? Oh, the France. Uh, French elections. So, as leftists, we are mourning the failure of Le Pen. Yeah, I'm really upset she didn't win because as a socialist, yeah. I was just yearning for a fascist to win elections. Oh, I did see... Um, shit, what's his name? Um, he's hiding in a cupboard because to hide from rape charges. Julian Assange. Oh, yeah. Um, Julian Assange said, first Hillary, now Marine. The patriarchy's still in charge, or something like that. It's like, oh, good God, you're the worst human. You just keep on getting worse and worse. Was he joking, or...? I don't know if he's capable of joking. <laughs> um, oh, he's such a piece of shit, that man. <laughs> and I think he's still got... I think he's still not paying child support for his kids in Australia. <laughs> I assume. I'm pretty certain I've read that. But yeah, so um, Marine Le Pen lost. Mm-hmm. Um, she, according to the... Like the result, she kind of came third to abstentions. Um, I think it was um, uh, it was si- out of those who voted. I think it was yeah. sixty-five to thirty-five. Yeah, Macron. So she lost. Um, she lost pretty handily, but it's not she exactly did edif- better than adapted. Well, it's not exactly edifying to see um, the Front National vote jump 
from yeah, kind yeah. of eleven percent to thirty five percent in a and single cycle. See what happens in five years. It'll yeah. be what like what we were saying before. Yeah. There's it's... been a lot of well I mean there's been a lot of um talk on Twitter about the kind of relationship between liberalism and uh fascism. Mm. And people can't seem to get it into their heads that it's exactly the this kind of these the fascists didn't come from nowhere. Nope. They've always been there, but why are they why are they attracting more support now? And it's because, well, Theresa May's for instance, her platform is to immiserate you, which drives you to look for solutions, and then um, perpetuating a racialized discourse of insiders and outsiders. If you look at the media and look for a positive story about immigration, yeah, if there is a positive story about an immigrant, it is someone like Baroness Varsity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to, just that it's like its most basic kind of roots. Hmm. It's who's in, who's us, and who's them. Hmm. And that is all over. And liberals at the moment seem to want to... They're having a go at Corbyn for not doing that more. Yeah. They seem to think that that's the magic tonic, and it's the magic tonic for people like Marine Le Pen. Yeah, literally the only thing that could stop the rise of Marine Le Pen would be hopefully Mellencham... It will be someone. It will be someone who who addresses the problem at its core, which is people are fucking knackered, exhausted, and they want it to end. And if the future they imagine gets so bad that you know, I I just I'd hate people to just keep on voting for neoliberal idiots. If you're giving if you're giving them a choice where racism and those kind of narratives are reality. Because that's the that's the the kind of the discourse that goes on. It's racism is reality. Hmm. The asylum seekers and immigration are responsible for your bad things. Yeah. Are reality. Yeah, they're legitimate now, concerns. Neoliberals will operate in the interests of their class, of the capitalist class, by cutting wages, making labour more flexible, and making people like you and me more precarious. Hmm. And someone like Marine Le Pen came came along. I mean, I was watching. Uh, uh, the election. I was watching like the results be announced. It was actually a very painless procedure because it was like, oh, the elect- results are going to be announced yeah. about five, and then about six. It's like, yeah, Macron's won. Yeah. And um, my partner asked me, um, oh, it's good that you know is is Macron good? And it's like, no. Well, consider that if you're a public, ser- if you're a civil servant, if you're a low-level civil servant, librarian, or something, something like that, <laughs> you're being asked to either vote for. A fascist who says that she'll keep your job and give you more benefits hmm. and increase your income. But or, you'll be working as a guard at a concentration well, camp. Well, yeah, exactly. Or you're being asked to vote for the person who isn't a fascist and who has promised to cut your job and make your life worse. Hmm. And at some point, even some principled people will break. Yeah. If there's a if it's hard enough out there, if your fear of losing your job and mm. being chucked out onto that scrap heap is fucking that bad, you can see that happening. Mm. And there's no there seems to be no opposition, there's no desire for a, a a vision that doesn't include both of those. It's why I'm partially more partial to Corbyn now than I was, because mm. you know, he's actually offering a way out that's something that's not one of those two extremes. There is another way out. Yeah. 
the greatest class warrior of the last hundred years, mm-hmm. Comrade Jarrell. Mm-hmm. And his, I assume it's a concerted, like a concerted effort on his part <laughs> to get rid of all of the worst parts of humanity by selling them tickets to a murder island. <laughs> I hope yeah. that. I hope, there's already, um, they're already. That's talking. a tactic. That's not a strategy, though. No. That's a good <laughs> Um, always the sensible sober <laughs> voice <laughs> yes we will send them to an island but what will we do <laughs> when we run out of islands <laughs> there's, there's always there's always island. islands there's always another island they can go to, send them to Rockall the problem with being a socialist is that sometimes you run out of other people people's islands <laughs> to send exiled capitalists to well just send all of them to Rockall <laughs> yeah they'll yeah. just each of them slip off <laughs> But yeah. yeah, that's it's pretty grim. Yeah, I mean, no, it's look. I mean, you can feel, you can choose to feel grim about it, or you can choose to I don't know start imagining other possibilities. You mm. have you have to keep an imagination. You have to kind of because that's what that's what a lot of um, people who you know don't pay that much attention to politics do. They get they discuss politics and they get really down. They get into it for a bit. They get really down and they don't want to discuss it anymore. Yeah and. It probably needs to. There probably needs to be a concerted effort to actually not have that narrative of actually imagine a better future. Oh, I've been. It's why the sniping. It's why the sniping fucking gets to be. It's why yeah. the the J.K. Rowlings and the and the um, I don't know the Michael Dugas and the the yeah. Sunny Hundles. The Sunny Hundles. It's why they get to me. Yeah. Because yeah. they are they are snipers. They are sniping at things, and it. It just turns people off. It just depoliticizes them, which mm. is not what they say. It's what they say they want the opposite, but actually their actions prove otherwise. Well, yeah, it's like um, uh, Armando Inucci. Armando mm. uh, Inucci is a... to come out and vote yeah. when he's specifically made all of his money off convincing people that there's yeah. no point in voting. I think there's also a, there's also an element of that as well. Um, they've made all their money doing it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. A little bit cheering up at the end. Yeah. Oh, Hugh, make me forget my troubles. Okay. We were going to do this last week, but, you know, you were undergoing re-education in the Russian shit camp. Uh, I underwent supreme compromise of the arsehole. <laughs> You're waterboarding your toilet. <laughs> um, it's an article from the New Statesman. Okay. Oh, God. What class are you according to the coffee you drink? <laughs> Fantastic. As coffee shops are becoming a weapon of class war in the general election, find out where you rank. Are they? No. <laughs> okay. We all know the world order. Aristocrats go to Costa. Peasants spit instant coffee granules into each other's mouths for daily sustenance. As a Tory candidate for Wakefield, Anthony Calvert rem- reminded us, you see, tweeting I've... about a working class man's audacity to enter Costa. Man yeah. recognised me at hashtag Wakefield um, Westgate. Though these fucking Tories always looking to trample on to working class. Oh, God. Like me, man walks into Costa. Oh, God, it's just a fucking... I'm, I'm not... I'm just hitting like a cat. Cause I'm it's... not... Like, because that's, that's meant to be a joke. The aristocrats choose Costa while the peasants spit... But I actually do think that that's what the new statesman kind no, of believe. They do, they do genuinely believe that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is... Oh, it's just... See, it has highlights of, like, you know, Andy Burnham bitching about posh coffee yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But the most important thing about this 
is there's a little game that we're going to play. I like games. I'm going to find out what class your coffee make your coffee drink your Ooh. coffee choice makes. Okay, I haven't done this test actually. So okay. um, test test me test me. Okay. See what class uh, see what class I am. So. What is your My f- job is oh no, oh sorry. <laughs> oh no no that's what you do with your job. Yeah. You'll <laughs> anything like that. What is your favourite place to buy coffee? Is it Greg's, Costa, Starbucks, McDonald's, the supermarket, Cafe Nero, a lovely little independent place nearby, or Pret? I I I'm not a, a a coffee person. Um I've just I have instant coffee. It's supermarket, I guess, dried coffee. Kentucky. Granular coffee granules. Where do you buy your coffee from most often? McDonald's, Pret, Costa, the supermarket, a lovely little independent place nearby, Cafe Nero, Greg's, or Starbucks? Supermarket again. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah, the supermarket. I don't buy it from it. I don't, I don't, yeah. Where would you never buy coffee from? Okay. Supermarket, Nero, Pret, lovely little independent place nearby, Costa, Greg's, McDonald's, or Starbucks? All of the above. <laughs> um, say that again. Supermarket, Nero, Pret, Lovely little uh, independent Pret, place. that one, because I just, I've got an anti-prejudice. I, I think it's too expensive. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but the veggie bread stuff's so nice. Chuck it like a wrap, so good. Yeah, yeah, the, sandwich, the sandwiches are great for yeah. £8 a wrap. <laughs> not £8 a wrap. Fuck also, might as well where else could I get something to eat quickly in town? Um, who would you most like to have a cup of coffee with? Oh, God. Anthony Calvert. How does this determine what? No, of course it does, because it's identity politics to the nth degree. <laughs> Anthony Calvert, Andy Burnham, Theresa May, Philip Hammond, David Cameron, or Owen Smith. <laughs> Which of Jesus. these delightful people? So would this... you choose the far left with Andy Burnham, the sensible left with Owen Smith, or... Four Tories! I'm sorry, I, I Four Tories! I couldn't get past uh, the point where who do you want me to throw coffee over the most? <laughs> who do you want me to throw hot boiling water over? Um, well, this isn't asking, this isn't a coffee question, this is asking me who I want to spend time <laughs> exactly. with. Exactly. Out of those six people, who would you want to spend time with? I, I'd, I'd, it, it, None would, of them. No, it would be Theresa May because I'd want to pour boiling water over her. Okay, we're going to say Theresa May. Say Theresa May. I want to throw boiling water over her. What would be your Add ideal... sugar and milk. <laughs> what would be your ideal coffee accompaniment? A shot of whiskey, a cigarette, a newspaper, a shot of amaretto, a shot of wheatgrass, because, you know, they really... Oh, a shot of wheatgrass doesn't even go with coffee! No, it doesn't. People who drink wheat... Weirdos who do the kind of, like, wheatgrass lifestyle don't drink coffee! No. It's fucking caffeinated! Or- one of those little waffly biscuits you melt on top. That's fucking bullshit. That woman at the New Statesman, she knows exactly what those little waffle biscuits are called. Those little, what, what the Amaretti biscuits? No, not Amaretti biscuits. The little, um, the little Belgian waffle things. Oh, They're the like, Stroop waffles. They're, that's they've the got one. like, um, like uh, caramel or something yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Which of those would you go have with a coffee? I know it would be. It'd be a I mean, it's, it'd be a cigarette, yeah. Because yeah. coffee and cigarettes together is fucking great. I mean, it's a, oh, here we go. It's a winning combination. I don't smoke it. I don't smoke proper fags anymore, but. It says... I have a feeling how this is going to come out. <laughs> do, do, do. Still loading. Still loading. Oh, I think it might have broken. Oh my god, it can't break. 
Not now. I'm so close to knowing who I am. <laughs> I need to know who Without I am. Without this quiz, I will be lost, marooned in a sea of identities, not able to claim any. I'll drift from job to job and town to town until eventually I die in a fucking ditch. <laughs> suddenly become trans. Because you just don't have any choices. <laughs> Surf. <laughs> what? How dare you even think about darkening the door of a Costa, vile peasant. You're the bitter delights of a morning coffee are not for your filthy, dirt-poor throat. Go back to supping from your supping. Go back to supping from your trough of acid rain, you ungrateful prole. That's kind of true, though. <laughs> right. A. That's what the new statesman thinks of us anyway. Mm. B. Surf is not a modern political class. It will be. <laughs> it soon will be. I saw the um the stuff stuff about how doctors are predicting a massive increase in scurvy. <laughs> So, surf will very much be a new... A, a returning to surf. Neo-Victorian Renaissance. Quickly, buy a barrel of lemons. <laughs> surf. It's because they, the New surf. Statesmen see... So what well, they see it as a, mix, as a mixture between surf mm. and Stalin. Mm. And it's literally... It's just that. What's... Um, you did this test a few times, I understand. What are the other options that you could have gotten? Well, okay, I'll do, do me now. Mm-hmm. So everyone can hear what kind of... Obnoxious asshole I am. Yeah. So this is a double. This is science. But the best so thing this about is a double means tested. Yeah. <laughs> means okay. tested. It's my favorite place. Quite to specifically, buy not means tested because that's what fucking class means. But there we go. <laughs> my favorite place to buy coffee is actually an independent place nearby because mm-hmm. there's a place around the corner and it's cheap. It's three pound for a little flat white. You see, that's the weird thing as well. Local independent place leads me leads me in my bubble London lifestyle leads me to believe of a coffee shop, you know, a coffee shop with a philosophy or something. Hmm. But independent place also means, like, greasy spoon hmm. and stuff like that, hmm. like calves. Well, my independent coffee place is run by a Norwegian couple. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't buy a coffee, I don't know, from a lot of those places. I wouldn't buy a coffee from, well, I'd say Starbucks. Starbucks really annoys me because they have really disgusting coffee as well. Who would I most like to have a cup of coffee with? Oh, so hard. Actually, Owen Smith, because I'd like to see him just drinking his coffee while denying its existence. <laughs> Schrodinger's coffee. Um, yeah. Both is and isn't a posh coffee. <laughs> and with a fag. Yeah. And I am... It's going to be some kind of champagne socialist, I bet you. Ooh, privilege but pretending. Actually, prefer those people that I know who would say that about me. <laughs> Even though I'm Privilege but pretend... What's... So what social class is privileged but pretending? It's got a picture of David Cameron. (laughs) You're well privileged and have loads of money to burn by at least a couple of cups a day. I don't. But you pretend you don't have much truck with posh coffee. I I like flat white. I like... Well, yeah, because it's quick and easy. Um, Sometimes you pour your shop bought number into a mug for authenticity's sake. In fact, you'll tell anyone who will listen that you prefer a builder's tea, but claim it's a waste of money to buy when you're out, so opt for the grande latte instead. Never drunk a latte in my life. Post-capital exists. Yeah. Exists vampire-like, sucking on the life of the privileged but <laughs> pretending. Apparently I'm a big caffeine fueled pocho. <laughs> to be fair, I am pretty caffeine fueled because my caffeine drink of choice does tend to be a gigantic can of monster. <laughs> Numerous gigantic cans of monster. It's just that bullshit. It's identity politics, but with one of the worst signifiers. Because everybody drinks coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking dumbasses. 
it's uh, I I'd reckon there's definitely something to be to be mined there for a future episode. The fucking politics of coffee in this. Oh, it's so fucking retarded. In this election, it's so it's, stupid. It's, it's so dumb. It's so the willfully poli- ignorant. The politics of baked goods. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, difference between having a, like the idea that you're working class if you shop at Greg's because that's what the pros like. Yeah, that's fucking peace, dark. land, and cronuts, as Lenny would have said. Yeah, there's um. Paul from So So Episode, the place, um, our spa, our fancy spa, yeah. that sells cronuts now. Mm. Um, my wife still hasn't been able to eat an entire one because they're too much. <laughs> convinced she was going to get diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's us for the week. That's us for the week. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Or follow us at. Uh, do, it, do it from memory. WDTATW underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yep, I haven't really been on there because I've been just going yep. steadily insane. <laughs> we I've, all have. Yeah, we I've all have. Slept for a long time. Although, you'll all be glad to hear, I have watched nearly every old New Japan match <laughs> with. Um, this is going to make certain listeners furious because he um, <laughs> managed to sneak in the wrestling at the end. You've got all the way here and your award is Wrestle Chat. Oh my god, I've forgotten his name. Oh, founder of New Japan. I am just a posho poser with my fancy coffee. (laughs) Oh, that's going to drive me insane. But yeah, until next week, guys. See you later. Bye.
Blue. 